0: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials.
1: This week's episode of the FYP podcast is sponsored by Harry's. So, Pat, let's know a thing or two about close shaves. Stockport in 2001, Hillsborough in 2010, and nearly signing Dominic Solanke. And someone else who knows about close shave is Harry's. Harry's was started by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, so they started Harry's to fix shaving. A bit like when Steve P and the boys started CPFC 2010 to fix Palace. They knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory, and by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. That's high-quality blades than the current Sheffield United team. (laughs) Anyone? No? Okay. Harry sent me a razor, and I have to say, it's probably the best shave I've ever had. I was left with none of the discomfort that many normal razors do, meaning the only discomfort I now have is their empty feeling of waiting for football to return. (sighs) You can try Harry's today by claiming your trial set for just £3.95 from harrys.com forward slash FYP. In your trial set, you'll get delivered a weighted ergonomic handle razor, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip, foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Get your trial set now for £3.95 from harrys.com forward slash FYP. Right, on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 5-Year Plan podcast. Hey! Hey. (laughs) Isolation Isolation.
2: Pod. Isolation. Uh, Isolation. (laughs) It's pod
1: 2328. It's our second isolation pod. And I am delighted to say that the original four are here. How are we doing,
2: lads? Kevin, how are you? Um... I'm fine actually, thank you very much It's not much different to my normal life I spend a lot of time self-isolating, working from home Scuttling out to get wine So I'm Good. coping with it <laughs> I'm doing better be... with the technology yeah, the, the gap between uh, my wife getting up and getting dressed And the first glass of wine a day is getting smaller <laughs> Good. But, apart from, but apart from that, it's all fine
1: Andy Street <laughs> is also sipping on uh, something hard there, I think Wow, that came out wrong I <laughs> Unbelievable. Andy, how are you? Desperate time, desperate notions, mate. I'm in hard liquor. Uh,
3: yes, yes, I, 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 I'm just as full of life as I was last week.
1: Oh, good. Oh, good. And James uh, <laughs> Endicott is using an old laptop, but you're still with us.
0: I'm still with you. My garage band is still initializing, so there you go. And there's one of those little beach balls bouncing around everywhere.
1: Good. Beach you know those little,
0: round,
3: those little balls, those little balls that go round and round, round, round and round round "That's the only sport we've got right now." Endicott. <laughs> yeah, Can we televise it for Sky Sports. It's virtual, mate.
1: Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you guys are all here. Good, and uh, we hope I hope all our listeners are keeping safe and well. Um, speaking of listeners, we've got an iTunes review. Are you ready for this?
2: Yeah. In the in the in the the voice of which manager?
1: Uh.
2: Just in the voice of one of our
1: listeners. Not, oh, okay. not in the voice of a manager, unfortunately. But our listener is called Tony Cupcake.
2: Oh, what a nice name. Oh, I wish I had a cupcake. now. you can't find him anywhere.
1: No, <laughs> you can't. But we've got one with us now. And uh, his uh, review goes as this. "This is the oh, he's, put, he's called it Palace Fan in America. So we know where he's coming from. This is the number one source to hear quote-unquote comedian read five-star reviews thanks tony (laughs) (laughs) and the names of patron supporters of this very podcast i've tried the others and they never read reviews or name the supporters of fyp that's why we're number one Uh, when cpfc first found me and became the club for me and my friends here in washington dc There was no coverage beyond the clip of the occasional goal on US TV. Thankfully, we found FYP and quickly felt like part of the CPFC family. Oh, it's beautiful. That's nice. Now, if you ever find a way for us to pay a nominal fee to gain access to a world-class bleeper (laughs) journalist covering the Premier League, (laughs) including the best writing about Crystal Palace, do pass that along. Cheers. Cheers. Brad from uh, at CPFC DC. Is he Tony? Is he Brad? Who knows? Either way, we very
2: much appreciate um thanks, Mr Cupcake. If only we had hundreds and thousands more reviews like that.
1: Hey! <laughs> Very good indeed. <laughs> Are you ready for a shout out to a random patron? Yeah. Yeah. How random. Yes. yes. How random do you want to go? Is it random? How random do you want to go?
2: That's a good point. How do we do... that's a good point.
3: Well, I want it to be completely random to the extent that you've not
1: picked it. I want it to be randomly selected by an algorithm. Uh, well, I don't know how we're going to do that. How about you pick a number, Andy? And I, with that number, yeah. I will then pick, from our list of patrons, a random patron.
3: Well, then that won't be randomly selected, because I would have selected a number. But we'll go with six.
1: <laughs> okay, six <laughs> is Nathan Jones.
0: This oh, nice one, Nathan. What, how random. What
1: a legend. Right. Uh, <laughs> lads, let's talk about COVID-19.
2: Oh great. Oh brilliant. Oh, finally um, signed him.
1: Hey. <laughs> um I mean well look it, it's a it's a weird one because every day there's an update and something changes. Um it even though we don't really know what's happening um with football or the world in general. Kevin last week you weren't here but we talked about what Palace are doing and obviously yeah. they've been ringing supporters over 70 to check in on them. Um, JD Senior hasn't mentioned actually that he's got a phone call but I think he might actually have been a bit offended if um, he got a phone call from Palace although he is technically over 70 Um, but some fans He's technically over 70 (laughs) He either is or (laughs) isn't He 100% is over 70 Um, Has
2: Ender's uh, Ender's not one of the people who's volunteered to make these phone calls? Uh, I have actually So you could be phoning JD Senior just like any other week of the year I could be, yeah, yeah Yeah, To answer your question, JD it's uh, Palace one of the clubs that have done very well, I think. They're um, realising what they need to do for the community. Staff are being paid in full for as long as possible, as they are with the foundation, at least until the end of May, which is a great reassurance for many people. I thought it was very unfortunate um, Matt Hancock suddenly deciding. Uh, to what they, Andy Street will know this expression to throw a dead cat on the table so the government are being criticised for the lack of PPE and lack of testing so they suddenly go what about the Premier League? What are they doing? So everyone goes oh yeah what about the Premier League? What are they doing? So instead of talking about how bad the government had been we'd suddenly go about and the fact is that quietly behind the scenes just about every Premier League footballer will be doing something for his own good cause And the Premier League itself, which is a strange organisation because it doesn't actually exist, it's a group of the 20 clubs that are in it at the time, have been doing very good work on the quiet. Um, Tottenham, less so, uh, announcing a pay cut for the staff on the same day you announce huge profits is not a particularly good thing, but I think for the most part football clubs have been doing their part and and donating £20 million to the the, the NHS is brilliant and the Premier League offering money to Leagues 1 and Leagues 2 is brilliant as well because obviously down at that level we're Players don't get paid that much money. They're as worried as, as anybody else. It's like there are a few players in the Premier League that are immune to financial worries, but for the most part, footballers at levels below that have got the same worries we all have.
1: Yeah, and from Palace's side, uh they've been doing quite a bit. Wilf has um I think let NHS staff use one of his hotels or yeah, something or houses, houses which houses, has been yes, good. Yeah. Andros has been um, supporting a campaign by Football United and the National Emergency Trust to help UK charities and grassroots organisations. He also apparently took part in a FIFA 20 tournament organised by Leighton Orient. Uh, I watched it. He went out in the first round. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that wasn't so great. But, um, and and also there's, Andy, there's been news that, I think yesterday that the Premier League are going to be asking all their players to take a 30% cut as well, which, as Kevin says, you know, lower down the leagues. Well, obviously, that wouldn't make much of a difference, but in terms of some of the Premier League wages, that that's quite a hefty amount of money that then could be going towards decent causes, isn't it?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it depends to, to, to what end is that pay cut. I mean, it, it's not clear to me whether or not that's just to reduce the financial burden on those clubs or to do it just for PR purposes or so that those monies can be diverted to other causes or just so that that pay packet can be deferred until the summer Um, I mean the key thing in all of this is that you know it's up to those individual players whether or not they want to agree to those pay cuts and that's why the Premier League's commitments are fairly um, amorphous while it's just to ask each of their members to enter into a consultation with their players ultimately it's you know a contractual matter between those players and and the clubs whether or not they want to accept those pay cuts I I, I completely agree with Kevin to certain extent I think it's um an issue where it's very easy to have a go at highly paid footballers, um, but I don't really see to what end that argument goes when you know there are bigger issues at play than whether or not Andros Townsend, for example, takes a 30% pay cut. But yes, they will all be entering into those consultations, whether or not each of them ends up agreeing with their players or not, who knows. Um I suppose that would depend on the character of the different players and the, the squad makeups of each of those clubs. I'd certainly ex- expect, for PR purposes, at least a few of those clubs to to do that if they are well off. And I would expect some of the clubs to push their players to do it quite vociferously just for financial reasons because they're so dependent on the broadcasting income. In other instances, so I think you'll probably see a good number of them actually end up agreeing to wage deferrals
2: or immediate reductions. But well, the, the PR thing is the reason I was so surprised at Tottenham's behaviour, really, because they were like Mike Ashley, for example, he will suffer when all this is over. And Newcastle, by association, are tainted by Mike Ashley. It's the same with Tottenham. People will look at the clubs that did the right thing, and they will be the clubs that get the praise and, and probably better sponsorship deals. In future, I mean people sponsor it, you know when Tottenham were looking for future sponsors that this is a sort of thing that' we're born in mind, I imagine, and also as Andy knows it 's getting it 's getting close to June the thirtieth when most football contracts are up for renewal anyway, all loan deals are up for renewal on June the thirtieth, so there's a lot of clubs have to make a lot of decisions very quickly about a lot of players and I think most players if if their contract is due up, they will be happily accepting the thirty percent pay cut just as a gesture of goodwill when they're renegotiating their new contract basis, But also I think we should say, Roy Hodgson's always pointing this out, that most players come from working-class backgrounds. They're aware of the problems that people have and, and most of them are quite altruistic. So Roy Hodgson says there's not an African player in the Premier League that hasn't got some kind of Hospital or school or nursery or, or foundation that he's funding back at home. And it's the same for most of the players here. Wilf does a lot of stuff, uh, um, you know, and the thing is, it's not always publicised. So that most players are, you know, people like Julie and Joel Ward were always doing stuff. And, and I think that's the, the majority of players are doing that, not the minority. Well,
3: when you look at the at a Sunday Times rich list, it's got very few footballers in.
2: <laughs> and frankly, this line is cheap, crass, populist, and unnecessary. Yeah, I quite agree. I think Hancock should be ashamed of himself. But also I think the things that Palace are doing are exemplary. I think they've been one of the clubs, that have, yeah, we were one of the first clubs to sign up for London Living Wage. Steve Parrish uh, announced very early on that he was going to make sure that even the, the gig economy, you know, the kids who only work for us on match days would be helped out. So he's, he's fully aware of what the club should be doing and at the moment they're doing it. I mean, obviously, even the richest football club, the longer this goes on, the worse it's going to get for them. But it's it's clubs in League 1 and League 2 that rely on matchday income that are the ones that are really going to be struggling, which is why the Premier League agreeing to help them is is fantastic.
3: Yeah, I, I think yeah, absent, absent that... Did... Sorry, JD, I was just going to say, absent that package, I think you would have seen a mass of football insolvencies in, yep. particularly the Championship and League 1 within within weeks. Um, so it's good that at the very least it should preserve the integrity and status quo of the league structure for now.
2: Yeah, every single championship club, every single one of them is running at a loss. Every single championship club is spending more on wages than they're bringing in in a desperate bid to get to the, to the Premier League. And it's, I think, I think the height, I think Bournemouth... 11 percent of their, their match day income, 11 percent of their annual income comes from match days. The most Premier League clubs, Palace I think it's only about five or six percent. All, all the money for Premier League clubs is from broadcasting and from the actual money you get for taking part in the, in the Premier League. So Premier League clubs are fairly well insulated, but as Andy says, below that, as each week goes on, it's, it's, it's getting more and more difficult. I remember that you know each club, even in League one, League two, they're employing a lot of people in the local economy. You know, The people who print the programmes, the people who come in on match days, the people who clean the stadium. So, you know, each, each, you know, Berry going under will have affected not just Berry fans, but a thousand people who do stuff for Berry Football Club. So it's important that, you know, and without football clubs getting any special treatment, it's important that the, the, the needs of the clubs at the lower end are kept an eye on. I think there's also risk for the Premier
3: League clubs as well. I mean, you look at how much they could end up having to pay back if the season doesn't finish. It's, I, I saw the figure of seven hundred eighty-three million pounds, which you know we, we've always thought. Well, Premier League clubs have so much broadcast revenue coming in, and they do, or they they do in normal times, that they're very well insulated from any sort of financial strife. But stop that coming in, and still have the overheads of the wages going out, and you could end up seeing. Uh, administration being in contemplation for clubs in the Premier League as well in fairly short order
2: well I, I, in the end as well I think it'll be broadcasting that drives what happens to football because uh, yeah. my view my view is they have to finish the season somehow even if it's a game a day behind closed doors and it, it's going to be Sky and BT that in particular are starting to push and I mean at the moment they are you know great we're suspending your your, your fees etc that's all very well and good but they've Plowed everything into into broadcasting, basically. So they need they need football, they need advertising revenue, they need it to come back, and I think they'll be the ones who who drive it back onto the screens, even if it's in, in, behind closed doors.
1: Yeah, and what you guys are saying as well paints that picture as why it's so imperative to stay in the Premier League uh, in terms of making that money. Because as soon as you do drop down, the finances change so much that you, you could then be in such a sticky situation. Obviously, coronavirus notwithstanding, but um, it does change the picture big time. So, could, Enders, what?
2: Did, oh, sorry, I was going to ask Enders what, about his pack. What? What? It, what? It is that you have you got um, like a, a set speech that you have to say to people when you phone them up and say, "I understand you're over seventy in a Palace fan."
0: <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't quite got that far yet. <laughs> but um, no, it's just a whole lot of things you can do just as a volunteer. But just going back to the football thing, I think it's um, it's just it's showing, um. We spoke about it a bit last week. It's all about the community and about the community of the, the football clubs getting together. And I think the players will be doing a lot. So of course they will. I mean they're bound to be doing a lot. And I just think you know what you know in in adverse times like this, I think football clubs all around the country will be getting together and helping each other out. And I just think it's it's a positive thing. You've, you've got you've always got to try and spin these things. You know, and I think you know a, a lot of positives.
2: Hopefully, will come out of this. Anders, can I ask you a favour? When you're when you yeah. ringing up these people over seventy, can you not play jazz to them down the phone? <laughs> it's <laughs> all they understand. Can you just ring me up and play jazz down <laughs> the phone to it's me? It's all they understand. I mean, this is a great jazz record this morning,
0: actually. No, the um, yeah, well, it's you know, it's that. It's also going around the house and um, going to the chemist for them, yeah. going buying them some potatoes and cauliflowers and. Whatever else I can get from the local stores. No, it's good. I think you know, as, as in, our lives in general, on our on our street where we all live and everything like that. You know, and with the football, it's all it's coming together. And you know, hopefully, it'll make people realise that. The community of football is not such a bad thing after all, because we get such a we uh, get such a bad press from people who don't like football. Has just been a bunch of idiots and overplayed players and this and that, and the fans are always thugs. And hopefully, it'll make people realise that communities and people getting together is a positive thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and I think you know, and and I think we as football fans have been doing that for donkey's years, and you, your average Joe possibly doesn't. Yeah, and hopefully, they'll realise that. You know, it's it's worth talking to your neighbour, and it's worth talking to people, and worth coming together. And I think football, for all its problems, can show can almost lead the way forward a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, are you in just Palace fans, Enders, or or everyone?
0: Anyone, anyone, anyone
1: who's sold. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, so, obviously, <laughs> obviously, some some Palace fans are getting called by not just the club, but by. Club staff members like Dougie is ringing a few people, um, Aki is rung some people. What Palace players or staff would you guys Stuart want O'Keefe. to be rung? <laughs>
2: <by>? <laughs> surely, Stuart, you must have Stuart O'Keefe's number, surely. You can't you just ring Stuart. No, I'm prohibited from having that number by court order.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> 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 Obviously, well, I'd, I'd like Jerry Murphy to give me a call from wherever he is just so I can know after 25 years that he's safe and well and what he's doing.
3: I'd pick Roy Hodgson Because he's over 17 He's worldly and wise And seems like a fairly nice chap So I'd
2: have a, a nice chat with him
1: Yeah I, I think you'd get a, You'd get a very nice chat From, from, from Roy A very yeah, interesting chat I bet the conversation chat, think.
2: Would go all over the place With Roy obviously Yeah He's a man of the world He's been around He'd also get I get the impression He'd be slightly distracted As well
0: all the time He'd be like
2: Oh <laughs> oh look at that look, look at that there.
0: <laughs> oh, Oh Sorry darling What were you saying? Yeah, I'll, two sugars. Yeah, yeah. I'll have, I'll, have a, I'll, I'll have a slice of Battenberg. Thanks, love. Thanks.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Well, also, Roy, Roy. Roy eats Battenberg definitely. I think he'd have a Tony Cupcake, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With hundreds of thousands. Roy, Roy will be excited because he saw a goldfinch for the first time in thirty years. So, they say some goods coming out of it. I saw a goldfinch. It's great. Look at the clouds.
1: Kevin, Kevin, what would what would your reaction be if you got a phone call from Dougie?
2: I've been every time my phone rings I worry I got a phone call from Mark Bright a few weeks ago and I panicked I thought oh my god what have I said now about Dougie do in in you know when you said my instincts see Freddie's answering for me my, my instinct was when you said you know, Dougie's phoning people up four or five weeks ago I would have got in for a cheap crack there but in the circumstances I let it go because I feel that we should rise above this sort of thing. And one of the reasons I can't wait for all this to be over is that I can get back to having a go at Doogie Friedman because it's just, it's killing me. I mean, it's just people are taunting me on Twitter, trying to get me to say things about him. At the moment, he's a human being, that's all, um, that's where we all are.
1: Well, it's nice, isn't it? And we said this on the pod last week like, you want. You want your club to be, if you see other clubs doing this kind of thing, you wish it was Palace, and it's so nice to see them at the forefront well, of this. you know?
2: I was, I was talking to a Tottenham fan this week, remotely, obviously. He's, he's the producer of I Got News View, and he's so, so upset with his club. Because people, you feel, it's a cliche to say Palace family, but you feel part of the family. You do feel more of a connection to Palace fans, and he's, he's genuinely, genuinely upset with the way Tottenham have gone about things and the way they've uh, announced things and publicised things and, and that's why, I'm, like Andy says just from a PR point of view, I think they were ill-advised because I think most clubs have done the right thing and their fans will be proud of that as well and that's the sort of thing fans will remember when it's all over and you know, I'm sure there will be a massive round of the first thing that will happen at the first game back at Sellers Park is a huge round of applause for NHS staff and rightly so but also while we're doing that, Palace fans will be proud of what the, the club did and There are a lot of Tottenham fans will be uneasy about and trying to justify it, and the the club shouldn't have put them in that situation. Really,
1: absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, So another thing that Palace have been doing is apparently they've posted um, sort of healthy exercise and diet advice from Dr. Zaff on uh, their website, which is following the guidance from the World Health Organization. I'm wondering if any of you guys have. I'm wondering if any of you guys have been taking up that particular advice.
2: people at home we're on zoom so we can see each other so we know the answer to that question (laughs) i've actually done some of his
3: circuit training have you yeah but then but then uh i i I kind of gave up (laughs) so i did it for about a week and then spending 18 hours with a three-year-old Jurassic bunny likes to jump on my head has proved a bit too much so i'll turn instead to wine.
2: Well, I, I'm with you. I was, because you, you, you have to physically, a full glass of wine is quite a heavy thing. If you lift that up and down, yeah. quite obviously, obviously, it's not as full the next time you lift it up. Yeah. But I got, I've, I've stopped watching Sky or reading Sky websites because they've been so negative and so doom laden. But last week they had a thing saying, don't, you have to stay healthy, so give up smoking and drinking. It's like, I'm not watched. That's the worst advice I've ever got. We've got enough to worry about with this going on, with having to give up smoking and drinking. I think, I do know some the Palace, I think that's good. A lot of clubs are doing that sort of thing, but also simple things like Palace releasing whole seasons worth of games that you can watch. Uh, it's like thoughtful little things. that are, I haven't watched them, obviously, because so i get nervous about what happened at the end, but you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're doing all sorts of, of, of online content as well on sort of Twitter and Instagram and all that sort of stuff to try and keep people entertained. So, um, I, I, I think that certainly something that I've noted, and uh, I think is very good for them to be doing.
2: I've been, and just, I've been watching Big Match Revisited on BT Sports. Oh, yeah. it's, it is. It, do you know what? It's, I wouldn't because it's like we are so nostalgic for those days of the set, and you watch it, and, and you just think, "This not this football's awful. It's shocking. It's so slow. They're all kicking each other. There's no grass on the pitch. It's, it's just, you got know, the." the, the Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, the kits are great as well. Well, I was watching one with Ed the yeah. other day. It was a Palace guy, I can't remember, 1981. And Ed panicked because somebody passed the ball back to the keeper and the keeper picked it up. He was like, what's he doing? What's he doing? It's fine, it's fine, Ed. It's great, it's fine. Jumpers for gold. Uh, and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, also saying the name of Frank on a Palace podcast is probably not... Not a great idea. Um, (laughs) Finally, so just finally, on these Palace fans that have been rung, uh, according to The Athletic this week, and we're going to move on to an Athletic article in a minute, but they did an article sort of going down what Palace has been doing. A 98-year-old supporter received a call from the club. He said he had everything he needed, but just that he'd run out of scotch. (laughs) Which is uh, an ideal response. So, uh, well done to when that. When it say Thanks. Scotch,
0: does it mean Scotch people? Does it? Was he referring to Dougie Freeman?
2: <laughs> Scotch <laughs> eggs.
0: Scotch eggs. Yeah. Which is what? Oh, I could
3: do with a Scotch
2: egg oh, for lunch. Actually. God. Oh,
3: I love a Scotch egg.
2: I haven't thought about a Scotch egg for two weeks, but now you've said Scotch egg, I just <laughs> two want two
3: weeks. The, Don't worry, you can have one in about three months. Uh,
2: and I've had my daily trip out as well. Can't. Oh. Have you? Sort of like. you yeah, you have to go out for essential
3: supplies, still, Kevin. It's an essential supply, as far as I'm concerned.
2: I've been out. I've, yeah. I went out to get my daily dose of wine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ed, Ed's turned into the isolation police. It's like no, if somebody tries to go out again, four hours. No, you've been out. Can't go out again. Really? But I forgot. Wow. I, Very I sensible. One, Very no, sensible. It is sensible. But when you only bought one bottle of wine, and you think, oh Christ, no, you can't go out. You have to have just one <laughs> bottle of wine. It's only four o'clock in.
1: all right well look kevin we'll give you a break to top up your your wine glass because we're going to have a little break now and after the break we're going to chat about the athletic great welcome back to the five-year plan podcast hey
0: Isolation.
2: isolation. 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 It's a Joy Division song, J.D. Noll. It's called Isolation, weirdly <laughs>
1: enough. Uh, it's time for part two of this week's Isolation podcast, podcast 238. Isolation. And of course, part two is where we discuss an article from The Athletic, a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based <laughs> website and app, and they're get the ad free <laughs> No annoying pop-ups, no adverts, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home football writing. And if you visit the Athletic at UK, you can get a thirty-day free trial and receive fifty percent off your yearly <laughs> subscription. So,
2: uh, JD, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for the laughter, but in the bottom right-hand corner of my laptop screen, James Endicott is doing a perfect Ian Curtis impression. There you go. The I
1: saw it too. I was trying to be professional and ignore it, but um... uh, you, can, you can't. You can't ignore art.
0: You
3: <laughs> can't. Brilliant for radio as well.
0: Well, Brilliant actually, this radio. is being rec- well, this radio. is being
1: recorded as well. Actually, the video of this, so maybe we can maybe we can put that out or something don't oh, mean really? like, Maybe we can put out.
2: Maybe no, not. No, <laughs> let's not do that. Maybe not. Because <laughs> then you'll see that Andy <laughs> Street actually has got a glass of wine, and it is only ten past twelve. So. Has he really? Yeah, I have. I'm hoping this podcast
3: lasts till seven pm because that's Freddie's bedtime.
2: <laughs> right. Part two is
1: an athletic article. They're still going. God, no. that's good. <laughs> they they're actually. Ramping up the content. There's more stuff than ever. And a lot of it is nostalgic stuff. But there's an article this week um, which is paying homage to Wilfred Zaha because last week was 10 years of Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. 10 years since his debut against Coventry, 27th of March, 2010. There's a lengthy article by Matt Woosnam on talking to former players and managers about him. Um, And so I thought we could maybe just spend this part... Uh, sort of tipping our hat to to Wilf and maybe talking about some of our favourite Wilf memories. But, Kevin, I want to put this bit to you Um, Mm. because I thought of you when I was reading it. It sort of jumped out at me. And it is in the theme of what we were talking about earlier, which is you having to be nice to Dougie Friedman. And the uh, section goes like this. Without Friedman's intervention, Zaha may have had to wait a bit longer for his chance at Palace. And here's a quote from Dougie. One of the best things I did... Was to bring in... Oh, sorry, It's a quote, this is a quote from Paul Hart. One of the best things I did was to bring in Dougie, who knew the club and the players. Dougie said to me, he's really worth a shot. I had great faith in what he said and in the boy. He's a really nice boy, very humble. Dougie said, trust me, give him a chance. I've seen him play. I probably asked if he thought he was ready, and he said, absolutely. It wasn't difficult. When you have your staff around you that you trust, that's why you have them, and I appreciated that. Should we, Kevin, be giving more... <laughs> praise to Dougie Friedman in the story in the 10-year story of Wilfred Zaha at Palace knowing now what we know about Wilf
2: that that being the time when we were forced into playing young players because we had literally no other option but yeah, so it's, it's it's nice you know Dougie's as modest as ever there and of course he's he was he was at the club when Wilf came through and I was probably in the club shop as well so I'm, I'm taking credit too I was in the club shop buying a scarf, so I've got... Oh, his, yeah. Of course, whoever brought Will through... Of course, you know, we said before about Dougie Freeman, even a stop clock is right twice a day. So Dougie's been responsible for bringing players through, and of course he was responsible for bringing Will through, and possibly Wilf came through at a time when, if things had been better at the club, he might not have got the opportunity as quickly. But I don't think you can deny his talent. He would have got in a first-team... Anyway. six months anyway to be perfectly honest because everyone everyone knew about him he wasn't a secret everyone knew that every, you know every now and again you 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 hear about somebody in the youth team that word gets out and we all knew about Wilf but yeah great and uh, I'll refer you to my previous comments while this is going on Dougie Freeman the genius congratulations well done Dougie I hope you and your family the well.
1: only person to have done well out of the coronavirus pandemic um enters you um yeah travis would have been at the club i guess at the same time that wilf was breaking through and i remember people were talking about wilf and this kid and then he does play in the first team and actually that first game against cardiff 10 minutes at the end you know difficult to make an impact then of course he scores on his debut start of next season what were your what was your knowledge of wilf like at the time sort of through travis and then what was your reaction like when he actually got a chance
0: well it's just everybody was talking about him as Kev's just been saying, you know, just the, all around the club. I was very lucky to be going to the training ground on a regular basis when Travis was training and when he was playing games. And everybody was talking, you know, everybody's talking about younger players all the time. But Wilf was just cropping up in conversation. And the really younger kids who were like sort of 10, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old were looking at somebody like Wilf. And, you know, and once he did break through, it was a real, a real moment for all the little kids. Like, it can happen. You know, it can happen. This kid was was here doing what you're doing only like less than ten years ago, and now look, he's doing that. So it was a, it was a great inspiration to um to other kids, you know. And I think he I think he is now because he's such he's such a character. He's flamboyant. He's he's definitely got a personality. Whereas lots of footballers personalities don't come across, or they're just like cardboard. Do you know what I mean? But he's 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 got a personality, and he and he, and it may be. It may blow up sometimes, maybe in a negative way, but he's got passion, and I think kids just look up to somebody like Wilf. And I think it's a real testament to him and the people around him that you know young kids still do want to be Wilfred Zuhar. They, they want to be him, and they wanted to be him for ten years. And I, whatever you think about him as a player, you know. If you're a Watford fan, you think he dies all the time. If you're this, if you're a Brighton fan, you hate him. We as Palace fans know he's a great player. I think he was criminally overlooked by the England system. Yeah. Criminally overlooked. I think it's a real blight on them for that. But I do think, I think that, you know, I think you've got to give him credit as a a person, the fact that young kids want to beat him. And I think that's great. And And he plays the game still with such blind passion and optimism. And he's slightly tainted sometimes by his anger and his stupidity, but I think the the moments of genius and beauty completely outweigh all those, in my in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And Andy, in a way, it's we, we've all been pa- watching Palace a long time, so we've seen players come and go. But with Wilf, it's almost been a little bit like sort of watching a younger brother grow up because we saw him turn up as this spindly, frustrated, angry young kid, and we've seen him mature into a fantastic player, arguably Palace's best ever. But in terms of um, attitude as well, sort of, you know, really grow up into a, into a sort of mature young man. So you don't often get to see that journey from start to finish that long with a player at one club. So I think it's quite a sort of special... Maybe that's why there's such a special bond between Palace fans and wilf because we've just got to see everything.
3: Well, it's unique, really. I can't think of a single player that we have had, who's come through at that level, stayed as long, been as proficient. I know he went went on uh, secondment for uh, a little while um, and and came back. But, you know, you're quite right that generally in in years gone by, a player who reached his level of ability and aptitude would have left and gone to a better club again. And um, the fact that he stayed with us for so long, um, partially a... Products of the way that football now is, that clubs of our size can hold on to their players for longer. But it's been, yeah, it's just been a fantastic journey to watch. And um, I don't think it's that he is arguably one of our best players. I think he is our best ever player.
2: Yeah, at this point, I feel if you remember last time you asked for the best Palace (laughs) eleven, and I i left Will it <laughs> It's only because he'd had such a mediocre season by his standards. He just wasn't at the front of my mind. But obviously, rethinking it, of course he'd been there. And if, to reiterate what, what Andy said, it's like he gets paid a lot of money by Palace. But the reason is he wanted to stay, really. you know, He had options to go to other clubs at every stage in his contract. Those options are receding the older he gets. But he wanted to stay and he told Steve Parrish and previous people what it would take for him to stay. And once he got that, once he got what he felt he was worth compared to other players, he was only too happy to stay. And that's one of the reasons why we love him so much is because he's not just happy to stay, but he talks about how much he loves the club all the time. And everybody else around him talks about his passion for the club. And that's kind of a throwback. I mean, It's kind of... The, the longer things go on the more I suspect that he'll end up as a Matt LaTissier sort of character that I, I almost think he's almost too old now to get the big big movie he wants because people aren't going to pay the money wage wise or the fee for a 27 28 year old and, and he'll always be one of the great what ifs there'll always be people who say he's never quite fulfilled his potential but I think that's down to what, to what Ender said as well that he was, it's a how he never got an England set-up was, was beyond me. And we know that Southgate had problems with his, his attitude when he was a younger kid, but he was a younger kid. They should have been bending over backwards to help him. And England have lost a player that I think could have helped them win tournaments in, 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 without a doubt. And, you know, the irony is that we probably would have lost Wilf had he, had he gone to England, and he almost certainly would have gone to a bigger club, But and none of us would have regretted it. But I, from his point of view, he's probably never going to get to show his talents on the the bigger level that... We, that we would want to see him. You know, I'd love to see Wilf in the Champions League, ideally with us. That never happened. But you'd, you'd want him to go to Tottenham or Man City just, just for the sake, just to see, see how good you are. But he is a brilliant player and, he, and he's our brilliant player. And, and Andy says it's so... Even 15 years ago, we wouldn't have kept him. We'd have had to sell him to survive, basically. And, and the fact is that we're a reasonably well-run Premier League team who can afford to keep him. But I, I think I think the fact that he went to Man United
0: and then he came back I think that adds to everything as well, I think you know he went to yes. arguably the biggest club in the world uh, and for any kid of tw- twenty years old, it would have been an absolute dream move you know uh, it yeah didn't, it I think, didn't, I think it to didn't, be honest it didn't work out for him, but the fact he came back i think really adds to his his cashier
2: palace so so I, I think to be honest enders enders is frozen I love that movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, I think to be honest, if, if Fergie had stayed as United manager, Wilf might have stayed because I think Fergie would have treated him differently because he he left and Moyes put Wilf virtually straight into the team, didn't he? And he wasn't yeah he wasn't ready, yeah. so that was it was our good fortune. Yeah. Um, but he didn't fit in at Cardiff. He he you know he wanted to be if he couldn't be at the biggest club in the country, he wanted to be at Palace. Basically, yeah. But
1: I'm mean, going back to the idea of not fulfilling his potential. Like, who's to say if if, if he stays at Palace this summer. I mean, who knows what's happening with transfers and things anyway this summer. But if he stays and then leads us to a top nine or a top eight finish in the next couple of years, which isn't isn't a crazy thing to say, really, when you think about our form under Hodgson the last couple of years. Who's to say that that isn't Wilf fulfilling his potential by leading his local club to their best ever finish?
2: I, I'm talking for us. That's a given. I'm talking about the wider world of football. I'm talking about in five years time when Sky do their inevitable look back at the decade. I don't think... Fans of other clubs or pundits like Gary Neville will be saying that Wolf Zahar was an outstanding Premier League player compared to you know the Mane's and the south. Sal- well, theres for us, of course, we see him week out, week in, week out. That you you would inevitably be overshadowed a little bit if you're playing your your international football for the Ivory Coast and you're playing your club football for for Palace. You know, if you're playing for for Man United in England, you're going to get a better reputation. You're going to be remembered by more fans than than. We will remember
1: it. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, Andy, this, the, the, rep- the reputation that Wilf sort of has as, as a diver and as not fulfilling his potential and really doesn't seem to get the love outside of Palace that, that we give him. There's another bit in this article from The Athletic that did jump out at me. The stats really back up how good Wilf is. It says here Palace's status as an established Premier League club is in large part down to Zaha. His importance to them cannot be overstated. Since his return from Old Trafford, so that would have been 20, uh, 2014. No top flight player has won more penalties than his, at 16. No player has won more fouls, 531, 11, of which have drawn yellow cards. Seven have brought reds. No one has attempted more dribbles than his, 1,524, or completed more dribbles, 724. I mean, if those were stats of, you know, about Eden Hazard or Cristiano Ronaldo, everyone would be saying he's the best player in the Premier League. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the stats do speak for themselves. I don't really think there's much much, much I can add to that. I mean, you you make a very compelling case, JD. I agree. My, my, you.
2: my only issue with, with that, and it's a great article, but my issue with that is the word "one more fouls," because that implies that he was looking for fouls. He's the most fouled player. Simple as that. He's not one. He's not won those fouls. He's been fouled, and and those those stats. Don't show what we've actually seen. They don't show the physicality. It's like it's like Paddy talking to us the live pod about being on the pitch near him. You see the, the brutal treatment he's getting. We've seen some of the fouls he's getting. It's not just fouls either. It's the the snidey, rough stuff, the shirt pulling, the the, the you know, punches in the back. We've seen how Southampton players and, and Brighton players have treated him. We've seen the fact that sometimes he responds. And also, I think the, the stats the stats can't explain how joyful it was. Those, those couple of seasons with him and Belassie, you know, the, getting into the, the playoff. I mean, just the joy of watching Wolf sometimes, you can't explain that in, in stats. And when, when those two were together, him and Yannick, just breathtaking, just the sort of thing that gets you off your seat. That, you know, we talk about that in the old days, but there aren't many players who who do that. And also, I think that one of the reasons that Wolf is so unpopular at other clubs, same way we used to hate Mark Hughes, because yeah, yeah, exactly, he's such yeah. a good player against yeah, us. Yeah, you know, and the reason they hate him is because he's he's the one player that can do them can do them damage. You know, and and the Watford the Watford fans annoy me so much because it's it's so obviously a penalty in the playoff final. It's so clearly a penalty, and it's just like I know I know you don't expect them to go all hands up it was a penalty, but to 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 still have that bitter resentment about him. and and some of the treatment that Watford in particular have dished out to 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 Wilf. The way they target him is just. Shocking, Kapui in particular, Deaney in particular. It's 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 shameful, and it's it's a miracle he doesn't lose his temper more often, to be perfectly honest. Yeah,
1: yeah and you know, it's, it's one of those weird things that people say as a compliment that he gets fouled. I mean, it's not that it doesn't really excuse it, you know, in the, the sort of treatment that he gets. But do you think, Enders, that even if he left this summer, he would still go down as, as Palace's best ever player? Because he's certainly given himself, oh,
0: without a doubt, without a doubt, oh, without a doubt. I mean, as um. Kev was saying you know an absolute delight to watch you know maybe he hasn't got that that youthful youthful youthfulness that he had a few years ago when you know, he really didn't know what to expect but I think even now when he gets the ball he runs down that way you don't know what he's going to do you know he's just there's very few exciting players like that who um, could turn a game just like that and I think he he can and he just he, as kev says again you know he gets you off your seat, and that's you know, and any player that can do that in this day and age, where they are such drilled, they are so drilled footballers these days. They they all look the same, they're all as fit as each other, and they all know what they've got to do. And they've got a job to do, and they're very very good at it, and they're just like a machine. But what you need, you need these players like the, the Wills to to make football the game that it is. And um and thank goodness that we've got one of them, one of the best as well, without a doubt. I think I think anybody in football will tell you that Will Sahar is a lot better than people think he is. Fans fans don't like him because, as again, as Ken said, the fans don't like him because they think he's too good.
1: <laughs> well, it routinely up, you know. comes up in, in, in interviews with other players when they say who's to, you know, defenders particularly, who's yeah. the hardest player you've come up against. Wilf's name comes up every single time. So clearly he has the respect in the game, but just not outside of it. Do you think he'll ever get that respect, Andy, from other fans and pundits? that he gets in the game or will he just be one of those players that because he's so good people don't warm to outside of palace?
3: Uh, I think he gets plenty of respect from pundits in the main. I think, uh, you know, there's lots of articles written about how good he is and, and the stats of the Orc that you just described there as to whether or not he gets credit from fans of other clubs. Who cares? I mean, I I can care less what fans of Watford think of Wilfred Zaha. Um, that, that, you know, that if if you're a fan of a club, you're not going to like certain players of other clubs. Um, so yeah I mean who cares
1: classic Andy the classic street um, <laughs> I love Street. brilliant I, I think who we cares? should also like, in, the, in the story of Wilf in the story of Wilf we should also probably who pay cares? tribute to the likes who of cares? I don't care thank you to the likes of <laughs> Gary, uh, you know, people like that that have helped him along the, along the way as well. Because there's been loads of people, not just Dougie, Kevin. You know, Dougie was obviously one cog in the wheel of uh, Will's career. But there's been many other people that have helped him along the way. And in many fa- ways, the Palace fans as well. Because, you know, in those early days when he was getting sent off for kicking out of players, as with Penteke, we were very, very patient with him. And we've been rewarded with the club's best ever player. Yeah. Oh, you're doing a street now as well.
2: No, no, sorry, I, I agree. I, I wasn't. Sure. <laughs> yes, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, Gary is certainly did, uh, I, Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the fact the Palace fans deserve more credit than Dougie Freeman. how's That <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody Ender's has just put the I don't care. i into <laughs> <Yeah>. this <laughs> conversation now. Basically, <Okay. laughs> I don't
0: I don't really care what anybody thinks. Actually, about Wilf, I love him. I love Wilf.
1: I think that's probably a good part to wrap up that part. Let me just say that if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you you can start a seven day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. I don't know why it's gone from 30 days to seven days. They didn't tell me. I just noticed the other day. Um, Lads, that's the end of this isolation pod. It's been wonderful to talk to
2: you. (laughs) Thank Thank you you very much. It's so nice to see all your faces. Can't wait to get back into Portons and see your faces for real. And within 10 minutes, go, oh, Christ, really? We've got nothing else to talk about. I don't care. I
1: don't care. I don't really care about any of this. We were going to do on this pod as well, I had planned for us to do a little nostalgia game where we oh, take... Next time. I think we'll do it for next time. It's a game we're going to take. I- I'll leave you some homework, actually, lads. We're going to look through the squad numbers 1 to 23 from everyone that's played in that squad number from 1992. And we're going to pick the best squad of Palace players 1 to 23. I've been through it there's some very random names that come up um, in the squad numbers. So that's your little bit of homework for next week. And then maybe Thank next you. week we'll meet up and we'll... Um...
2: That's not fair on me and Enders, though. What, yeah. about, what about the days when they only had one, yeah, they do Don't numbers. count.
1: They weren't squad numbers. I don't oh, you care. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Right. All right. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'll be back with you very soon. Stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.